Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So quick life update for me. The lesson of this week is let go, let God. Oftentimes I've tried to control the outcome of how things should occur in my life. Whether it be my personal or professional goals, I've just been very systematic and overly cautious about every movement. Causing my own levels of anxiety and stress, there is that like fear of making one wrong movement that could ruin accomplishing like my goals and it's okay like it's okay to be human and let go the reins a little bit focus on like myself and what I have to offer and bring to the table so my talk this week is just you know stay focused on your goal but let go of the control to not make mistakes along the way it sounds cliche I get it you know we hear it all the time but whatever it is for you will be for you I often hate hearing that especially when I'm in the thick of the storm myself but I know God is preparing blessings for me that I can only see come to fruition with the trust of letting him guide me and me doing the work to get there. So with that being said, I hope this helps bring some little peace to anyone who's in the thick of it as well. Like we here together, let's be accountable. But I just want to say, take a second, breathe, pray, and release it to the Lord above and let him, you know, do what he's going to do. But without further ado, let's get into this week's guest. This week's guest is a multi-talented entertainment journalist and on-air talent from Washington, D.C., first of all, hometown in the building, (laughs) (laughs) traveling up and down the East Coast between New York City and D.C., and she even goes to L.A. sometimes, y'all. Okay. She's booked by She's worked um, on camera and behind the scenes with B.E.T., the NBA, Essence Magazine, Billboard, Complex, Hot 97, E, Title, and more. Mm. Look, the list go on and on. Oh, That's, Jesus. She out here working <laughs> all at the same damn time. When she's not in NYC, she is at home cheering on the crowd of 15,000 or more of the Washington Wizards fans in her hometown. And that's not it. Between balance and a multitude of opportunities as some of the biggest brands, she is one of the five members of the Black Girl Podcast, giving you nothing but Black Girl Magic, oh, Black wow. Girl Realness, Black oh, Girl Lord. Sisterhood, Black Girl Love. <laughs> this week's guest is no other than Gia Peppers. Yes. <laughs> Finally made it on yes. to the Fearless Gia Podcast. Hey. Yes, yes, girl. I just got to congratulate you on continuing to be consistent. Because I remember you was talking about it. Yes. And then you made it happen, so I love it. So congratulations. Oh, my God. Thank you. On doing your thing. I'm so honored that you're able to come on the podcast, oh, girl. I know you busy. <laughs> Child, I'm like, yes. Every time I'm seeing this, I'm like, yes. Thank you, boo. Collective check, 2018. Amen. All the Prosperity. Yes, okay? yes. So I usually start out the podcast asking um, my guests, what is your deepest fear? Mm-hmm. Well, Right, shoot you right in the heart. Okay, right on there. Right in there. I think I think I have a lot, a, a few deep fears that I'm always working to like keep out of my front, the front of my mind. Because mm-hmm. if not, you'll operate from a place of fear. Right. But I think the biggest fear for me would be to not uh, return on the invest in, uh, investment that my parents 
have in in me like just Mm -hmm. everything that they've invested in me so far and basically that means like not being able so my whole life my parents preached that we should all be doing 10 times better than they did Mm -hmm. and for us you know growing up in the dc maryland area you know we know we come from like families that are pretty like well put together right there's a lot of affluent families that are in our area Area, right so for me my parents always set it up where they were like we popping Y'all better be more popping. So for me, my biggest fear would be letting them down, mm. um, letting down my my brother and sister who have always been like a part of the reasons for how I do the things I do. Right. Um, you know, I take it very seriously that I'm an older sibling, oldest sibling, and I know that they follow a lot of what I do. And so I've learned to balance like living life and then still being a role model because my parents right. kind of put that responsibility on me since literally my bro- my sister was born two years after and i remember them like of course i was two so i don't really remember but i remember them saying this is your responsibility whatever you do they're gonna do right um and so i was like dang <laughs> jesus okay a lot um, of pressure yeah and so um for me those those are the that is the biggest fear not being able to return on the investments that my parents gave to me all my life and they're still very much invested in my dreams and uh, and the dreams of my brothers and sisters. So I never want to be the type of person that's like, oh, I'm, my parents were these great people and I just do this. So um, mm. that's my biggest fear. Like, I, 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 that is not an option. That's but right. that is my biggest fear. What is it about doing worse than your parents that, that really frightens you? Like, I think for me, expectations are such a big part of like how I grew up mm-hmm. like expectation expect that you don't come in the house if you don't you know have a a plus on your report card at least five of them like mm-hmm. the what how my parents view me really really matters to me and then also like they didn't work my mom is one of the hardest working people that I've ever met in my life and right. that's from interviewing every celebrity that I think of to every millionaire CEO my mom has had three jobs since the time I was born Mm. and then is still a dentist and has uh, her own business practice uh, with my godfather and and still works in the FDA in Maryland and still works with the district government and then it finds time to do like free dental work for the people that so others might eat which is a homeless shelter in DC so like you know for me seeing her work so hard all this time that is my motivation to kind of like work hard myself. And Mm. so when people are like, how do you have so many jobs? I'm like, I kind of come from, that's what I see women do my whole Whole life. life. So Mm. like, it ain't nothing for me to hop on an Amtrak from, from here to New York or New York to DC to try and be on time for a game. Because I'm like, that's what we do. Like that's what I am. That's what I'm a product of. Um, And so for me, seeing my mom stay up with us till, 2 a.m. in the morning after working a 20 or a 12 hour work day and, and then going to a second job and then still coming home and being the greatest teacher that any of us have ever had right. um, is that is where the fear comes from. Like she did so much. She's doing so much for us. So there's no reason. Why there's I no sh- reason why I, I shouldn't be excellent. Even two times. More. I, right. And I don't even have kids. So there really is right. no excuse <laughs> for me to uh, kind of allow myself to fall off so um you know and there's not and there, i'm not going to say that there's times where i feel like i'm all the way on because sometimes i feel like i have fallen off or i do mm-hmm. fall off um but you know it's still like at the end of the day mom still got three jobs right so i need to have 33 jobs 
Do you feel that this fear kind of supersedes your faith? Oh, no, 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 no. It says you can't laugh. If you live by fear, you will never accomplish anything that you, that, that you want. There, we, we all have things that we believe in and, and we stand on. And right. if you stand on faith more than you stand on fear, you will be able to accomplish more, not only in your personal life, but in your careers. Because... Mm-hmm everyone has multiple grinds these days. Like, you're not just about to be... I mean, yes, there are some people that still get enough money in their nine-to-five and can afford a New York apartment, but most of us have... You know what I'm saying? Most of us have our jobs to afford where we live, and then we have our things that we actually like to do. Right. And so a lot of people don't realize that if you give into fear more than you give into faith, Mm. you won't be have no energy left to do anything by the time you get home for the things that you actually like to do. And you won't put yourself out there to do, to get the greatest version of what your life could be. Like everything in our lives is based on how we view ourselves. Everything that happens in our lives is based on what we believe could be possible in our lives, which is why I never like try to tell kids that they can't drink. Like if I meet a kid who says, I want to be a Disney princess, I'm like, sis, you better go on and be a Disney princess, right. baby. Because as cliche as those memes sound, little girls with dreams do become grown women with vision. That is right. the only way. We have to be able to believe in things that we do not see. And that is the ground of the ground based foundation of faith. Right. Like we don't see God, but we know he's there because he's protecting us and watching us. Okay. I don't see the million dollars that I want to have by in the next, you know, couple of years. But do I know it's coming? Do I believe it? Do I act like it's there? Or not really act like it's there because I can expand that. But like it's work, right. It can, it can happen. Work like it's there, like it's coming mm-hmm. to me. Yes. So I think if you give into fear, like you're going to be stuck in wherever you're stuck in mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. And I think a lot of people have given into, into fear, especially in past generations. I think we are of the generation that's like, Ain't no fear, dog. Like right. it might be there, but I'm not giving into it. Right. You know? And how do you not fall into the trap? It's of very difficult. Fear, because it's very hard. Yes, it's very difficult. Like I, I think a lot of people try and act like, you know, life is perfect just because of what you see on Instagram. The biggest thing I hey hey hate is like when people try to act like they're not real. And and I that's one of the things that I'm trying to balance a little bit more because I noticed that. I, I use Instagram as a highlight reel. Right. Which what which is what most people do. Right. But because I am a personality and a person that is literally the go between for consumers and media like moguls or celebrities right. or actors and things like that, I need to be like a, a face of the the people, the people who follow me and support me, which is one of my favorite things. But at the end of the day, like I can't just show like the good sides. Um, so I'm learning how to peel back the layers a little bit. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I'll say is like I'm always in a constant battle to be the best version of myself. So there are days I'm a freelancer by trade, which is why I can have so many like gigs at the same time because like on Mondays I'll be in New York covering something with the title and then on on Tuesday I'll be in DC and covering a Wizards or working a Wizards game and then on Wednesday I'll be back and doing something with, you know, a complex right. or a Essence or a BET. So it's like, you know, but there are days when I don't have a booking and it, it's hard to get out of bed. Like you have to be a self-starter. You have to kind of mind over matter has to be mm. the thing that gets you out of bed. Like even if feelings are driving you down to f- stay in bed, um, 
you have to learn how to structure your own self and your own day so that you can still accomplish things. Because it's not, you're going to be sitting in the bed and feel horrible all day because you didn't book something, because you see other people booking things, because at the end of the day, you feel like, oh, I, I should be doing this, this, and that. Some days it just doesn't work like that. Right. But some day, that doesn't mean there's still not work to be done. I have to get my EPK done. I need to get my new headshots popping. I need to make sure that people have my new reel. I need to make sure that my new reel is short enough. Like, there is always something to be done so for me i'm always praying for god to um you know keep give me strength to structure my own days to have the remember that the most important brand that i'll ever work for is myself correct so um it's a very difficult process and especially when you feel out of alignment with things and Mm -hmm. i think for me like if i'm being completely totally honest i'm not in alignment with things right now Mm -hmm. and i'm very much aware of that and so now my prayers are a little bit more like jesus open up my vision, open up my heart again. Like there have been things that happened in my life that I feel have taken me out of alignment, but I allowed myself to be taken out of alignment. God doesn't disappear from you. Mm-hmm. You disappear from God. Like what thing? So I think for me, like heartbreak, mm. um, I I know, I noticed that in my past, I don't really date that much. You know that we're mm-hmm. not, I'm not really good at dating. I'm, I'm not really good <laughs> Girl, at like guys. I'm, but you stay with dudes. I don't stay with Y'all, dudes. Y'all don't, don't let G out here to make it seem like I'll be in these streets. Well, but you don't, but, but you know, you always are like, you have a guy that's around. You know what I'm saying? You're good at like networking. Let's call it that. Yes. With the other sex. For me, <laughs> I am not good at that. And also men don't approach me like really unless it's like, oh, can I have, uh, can you get me a t-shirt at the Wizards game? Don't ask me for no damn t-shirts at the Wizards game if you are a grown ass man and can buy it from the team store yourself. Thank you. Okay. And so basically, <laughs> digits no, okay. or dates. Okay, okay. Like, come on. Like, 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 it's doing? one thing if you're asking me during the t-shirt toss. It's another thing if you come up to me at, at the game and I'm I don't have t-shirts in my hand and you're like, hey, let me talk to you real quick. And I'm thinking you just fine, dude. Yeah, you trying, trying to side trying conversation. To pull up on me. Now, mind you, I don't do that at work. Like if I'm on the clock, like if I see you at a bar outside the like next door at Bar Louis, say first mm-hmm. I, yeah, I might you know give you a little plate talk to you. But if I'm working, like, I'll be like, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. And if you really like me, then you'll DM me and then we'll go from there. But don't ask for no T-shirt when I don't got no T-shirts in my hand. Like, where you think I'm just going? So anyway, um, I dated a guy for a while. I thought it was something. I was on the same page with him. I, pages got changed. And uh, it really threw me for a loop there because that was my first time dating somebody in a while. And um it really just wasn't one of those things that I was expecting right and it took me down in ways that I didn't even see coming Mm. and so for me that was one and then a whole bunch of no's so Mm. like in freelancing and uh any type of grind where you do not have a nine to five you are somewhat at the and not expense but like your job really is based on who wants you and who books you Mm. so it's like if you start if your booking starts slowing down and then you're like, dang, all right, well, faith over fear, faith over fear. And then you get one no and you're like, damn, all right, it's okay, faith over fear. Second no, uh, okay, that's, that's so faith, um, faith over fear, but dang, they picked her, why didn't they, okay. Third no happens in three weeks, Jesus, so what are you saying to me? Do I need to quit? What are you saying, Lord? Like, what are you saying? Because it's kind of crazy. Fourth no, you're like, wow. Hmm. Mm. And now you're like, so my savings are about to be in 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 jeopardy. a little in jeopardy mm-hmm. now. I need to 
find a way to get some money. And then God always, for me, God has always shown up. So I need to remember who he is and I need to remember who I am to him at all times. But when you start to focus more on your present circumstance than the bigger picture, you do lose it sometimes. Right. And so especially for me, I noticed that I was like numbing myself to to just watching TV instead of getting out of bed, just like watch, binge watching. Right. And like what people usually do on the weekends, I would do during the week just because I wouldn't have a booking. And I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to watch Hulu because no one cares if I get up anyway. And then I would get a sign from a person who would reach out to me and be like, I really love your work and you expire, you inspire me to be a better person. And like things mm-hmm. like that when I'm like, I don't even inspire my, what am I not seeing about myself that people see in me? And then I start to pray and realize that God has given me a light and given me his glory whether I run from it or not. Mm-hmm. Even if I hide from it, I'm still in his glory and he's still using me as a prism to shine. Yeah. So I'm like always like, dang, bro, like, I can't even take no day off. I can't. I like he'll give me one day to feel f- sorry for myself. Next thing you know, somebody will come up to me in the street, be like, "Are you Gia Peppers? I love you. Everything you do is incredible." And I'm like, I don't even really love what I'm doing right now. But right. I think that's why God uses people. You never know. Like you really never know what every interaction will mean. Right. So for me, you know, me getting back to being aligned with what I am here to do is listening to sermons in the morning. It is instead of watching love and hip hop, it is watching Oprah super soul Sunday Mm -hmm. or listening to podcasts. Or for me, Maya Angelou, for some reason always makes me feel like there is right in the world. Even though she's no longer with us, her presence, her work has always made me feel like I have, not only is it my responsibility to bring more right into the world, it's my responsibility to bring more light into the world. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm always like, Dang, like, remember. So every time you run away from yourself, that's when you start to get out of alignment. And so I can't wait till I'm at the moment where I'm like, there is no more running away. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think we're young and we're in our 20s. Yeah. And so I can't wait because I've heard the 20s are the hardest. hardest. So I can't wait till that's we're the 30. development years. Yeah. So I can't wait. You live in. Right. We, we good. Like, I know my practices. I need to be on yeah. schedule. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm working on developing those things and being around people who bring out the best in me. Because right. your energy is very much a part of what you do and what you create. So, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm getting back to, like, I'm fighting for myself, and I think that's a big thing. How do you say yes to yourself when everyone else says no, right? So you touched on heartache, Mm -hmm. we touched on, you know, career opportunities when, you know, they say no. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you push yourself to say yes to yourself Mm -hmm. when everyone else is saying no? Um, There's several ways to do it. I think you have to remember why you started. I think you remember your motivation. Um, I think you surround yourself with people who believe in you um, and actually, like, are there to help you. And people can call you out on your shit. I really like when my friends are like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean? Like, why why are you in that space? And, like, able to, like, kind of see through me. Because I'm very good at putting on a face, child. I'm very good at putting on makeup and a little wig and calling it a day. But I like it when people can be like, What's wrong? Like, what's really yeah. good? You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the times, people can't tell and people won't because I am the person, the strong friend, the friend who's there when, mm. you know, you need advice. Um, and I and I hate that, that that strong people get not left behind, but like... It's like, who's there for you? Who's there for you? So for a lot of the times, I have to literally get myself together or else like somebody else like it just not not to the ten like unless I go to a like maybe there's three or four people in my life who realistically would be like 
you ain't doing shit. So what you really about to do? Um, mm. And then a lot of the times it's just me overthinking because I am doing things. Right. It's just it doesn't feel right to me because it's not an everyday thing. Right. Um, so I would say definitely remembering why you started, um, realigning yourselves with the things that you know work. So for me, God is everywhere but i love being in church on sundays so like if i have to force myself to get out of bed if i have to set twelve thousand alarms get out of bed and go to church because i know i will find god there and i know we'll find people who love god just as much as i do even if i'm trying to run away from him i need to be in that space like there's still a party that always knows to return to god um and then just do things that make you creative and feel great. Like, I love working at cafes. So, like, for me, I'm like, I need to go to a cafe. I need to get my shit together. And I need to go. And then prayer. Like, prayer is a big thing. So, yeah. for me, like, those are the biggest things. I, I'm curious to, like, shift a little bit just as far as what sacrifices you made um, to get to this point in your life now. Mm-hmm. So, kind of take us through that journey of how you've gotten to where you are now. Mm-hmm. To your point, you you may have gotten off a line, you know, mm-hmm. like a train track. It might yeah, have gone off the yeah. tracks, but, you know, we get on the tracks, yep. and that's life yep. for us. But for people who are don't interested, know. who don't know yeah. and are interested in pursuing your type of career trajectory, just yeah. kind of taking us through that journey. Yeah. Um. So for me, uh, my first, like, foray into television reporting or on-air any type of job was in high school um they had morning news at st john's in dc and they would let like once a week students would get to do it from like our journalism classes and so i would do it once a week and i remember loving it and i was like i'm so great at this i'm just playing no but it was fun (laughs) and i really really liked it like i was just like this this is kind of cool like my mom will let me, my mom will pay for a degree for this. She wasn't paying for a degree for, you know, singing, dancing, and acting like I wanted to do. Okay. Mom was like, I'm a doctor. What do you mean? What do you mean? You go to school, you get a degree, you get a good job. I need to see these metrics. This, Where's the coin aligning okay. with this occupation? No, shut up. She was like Lauren Hill's mom in um, Sister Act 2. Yeah. And she was like, oh, everybody's out there on that corner singing the shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> and you, you ain't going to be that. And child, so that was my mama. She wasn't with the shit. She wasn't with so it. So I was like, well, I get to journalism. And then my dad's a journalist. So he's been working. He worked at NPR for 23 years. And then he worked. He works at the Associated Press now. Okay. So I grew up in the newsroom. I grew up watching him and I learned that I was secretly listening like this whole time. Like I've always been my, a, a daddy's girl, but this whole time I was secretly like listening. And then there's this video. And then there's this video of me when I was a baby, like six months old. And my dad, maybe three months old. My dad took me into the newsroom, like when he returned to like work full, full time. Mm-hmm. And he's filming me. And he's saying, yep, Gia just had a crazy day in the newsroom. She told everyone she wants to be a broadcast journalist. And so (laughs) there are things that, like, if you pay attention to the things in your life, they've been there the whole time. And we were watching that, like, six months ago, and we all were, like, floored. Like, what? That's crazy. You said that, and now it's true. Like, I'm like, what else you got to say, Dad? Can you talk talk up a husband for me? And so, Lord, in Jesus' name. (laughs) And so, um, basically, 
after high school, I went into college. I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I didn't want to stay in D.C. because I love D.C., but my mother was like, um, that's good. You can come take your brother and sister to school when you get out of class. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to yeah. still be in high school. No, 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 no. And feel like you're going to PG County College. You know what college. I'm saying? Like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't see that for myself. Right. I always knew there was something bigger that I had to accomplish. And so um, I went to Rutgers University because I did not want to go to St. John's University because it just it, it was too small of a school for me, for me personally. I But I ended up going there as like a pseudo student because <laughs> all my best friends from D.C. were there. Right. So I was there all the time anyway. But I went to Rutgers because I liked the big school feel. And they had a good journalism program. Right. And so and I also wanted to be close enough to the city where I could intern at all the entertainment shows and still get back to school and have the regular college life. I didn't like that NYU was in the city. It didn't feel like college to me. Columbia, same thing. I just didn't. I was like, no, but you mean ain't no football field. Like, we grew up, like, University of Maryland down the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were exposed to what real college life is like. Like, Mm -hmm. so I was like, I want my dorm to be on 79th. And, like, no, I want it to be, you got to go park and stuff. And so um, my first internship out the gate was with WPGC. And Donnie Simpson was there. And it was his last summer um, you know, being on air with WPGC. Right. And so I was his last summer intern, and uh, I used to wake up at 4 a.m. Um, to get to the studio by 5 a.m. to be there to clean up like everything for, you know, from the overnight shift, set up the newspapers for Donnie, work with the producers to get all the stories, the entertainment stories that he needs to know about, and then start the show at 7.30, go get breakfast. 8.30, he would sometimes let me be in entertainment reports. He was the first person to, like, put me on air. And so mm-hmm. he hated Real Housewives of Atlanta. And <laughs> this is when it first came on, so I was all about Nene like, and yeah, the gang. I was like, I'm on watch. You know, everybody was like, oh, reality TV is trash. You know, back then. This is like when it was first, first coming, coming out. out yeah. And I was like, well, I'll watch. And so he would let me do updates. And so that was my first, like, foray into being on on air. And I remember all of my friends were listening, and they were so proud. They are just like, you sound so good on the radio. You should do this full time. And that was when I knew my mom knew I was serious about it. Because I told my mom and dad I wanted to do energe- entertainment journalism. And my dad was like, that's not a thing. Like, back then, it really wasn't a thing. Right, it was like, so there up were and segments, but there right. weren't, like, you were a journalist that covered lifestyle, and that entertainment just happened to fall into it. It wasn't entertainment journalism. I mean, I told my dad, I was like, no, I really want to be an entertainment journalist. I just want to cover celebrities, celebrity news, uh, movies, television, radio, that. And so, um, my dad's from hard news. That's all he does. So, he was like, that's a joke. Um, but I ended up telling him, you know, it was a real thing. And so once they saw how much I was willing to put on the line, uh, that was the summer that I kind of, everything switched for me. Um, socially, um, that was the summer I focused on everything was about my career. So I had stopped dating really. Um, my social life pretty much came to a screeching halt because I had to be up at 4 a.m. All my friends were still out partying. Like right. we were in our sophomore year, like, just coming home from college, like, you know, maybe no freshman year, just coming home from college and, and trying to have fun and, you know, trying to be together because it was been a year since we've been out of high school. And I was like, I'll see y'all, you know, yeah. once a week and they're together every day. So, you know, it started to put strife on some of my friend, friendships who couldn't, you know, understand it. 
Um, but I knew early on that I would have to sacrifice a lot. Um, and so basically, long story short, uh, all throughout the college career, I did the Wendy Williams show for two seasons, live with Kelly and Michael. Uh, I did in the Ween Academy, which is the Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network, which was the first academy they ever had with like Felicia Butterfield, Sabrina Thompson, Christy Henderson, and Lauren Lake. Um, they founded it, but now it's a huge like network. Right. Um, and so I did that. And so from there, I realized that I could make anything in my life that I wanted to happen, happen. Um, and so when I graduated Rutgers University, I went home for like the first like month. And I was kind of just chilling on my mom's couch, you know, like, you know, having a good ass time, like right. partying. We had mad parties. Everybody had graduation parties every weekend. Girl, it was litty. Facts. You know, PG County cookouts be mad fun. So oh, lit. girl, we was getting our money. Child. We was like. It's like open bar okay. every week. <laughs> we was living life. And my yeah. mother was like, again, I think my mom is secretly Jamaican because if you don't have at least two jobs, she has no respect for you. So she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm having a good time. Mom, like, it's party time. Like, I just graduated. Mom, I like, just give me, like, got my degree. Room. She gave me six weeks. I know dragged me up in the middle of summer. Like, it was, I remember it was like July 11 fish uh, to New York in Brooklyn to my aunt's house. She's 83 at the time. No Wi-Fi, no air, no central um, air, no, no real cable. Mm-hmm. And uh, she put me in the room with her. And that was, she was like, make something happen. And left me. And I was feeling so mad at my mom. Like, I was like, wow, I don't even know this lady. Like, last time I seen her, I was like five. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in the hood of Brooklyn. Because, you know, it was still kind of hood back then. Okay, like five years ago, it was still before gentrification had happened fully. We walk around now and it's like. Who this? What, 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 what is this? Who we in? Clinton Hill? Okay. She, we live adjacent to the projects. Like, it was not Albany cute. Project. Okay, it was not cute. So I was mad at my mom. I was like, really? So now you're going to put me in a... I, I never, never really grew up in the hood, and you won't put me in the hood. Cool. So I was mad at her, but I know that my mom knew that if she... is the same way that if you... You have to toss off a, a baby bird off of the ledge and to see if it will fly right. off of a cliff. Right. You either die or you fly. And my mom was like, if I raised you right, you gonna fly. And so I ended up getting a job and I had like some random ad firm. It was just so weird. It was like one of those like entry level jobs that you get on like an Indeed or like a job search site. But it was like inserting magazine ads into a scanning system. So then people could see just how ads looked. It was a weird tracking system. And literally all day I was pressing up and down arrows and scanning. And I was like crying every single day. And one of the things I did do while I was in college was join the National Association of Black Journalists. And if you're a journalist, you that is the best source resource for you for jobs, for networking, for career opportunities, for anything. Go to the conventions. So I my that summer I had gone with a few friends and I did the career fair. And I didn't have a reel that was like TV ready. Like I had a reel, but I was like, I know I want to be an entertainment reporter. So I didn't have any like Welcome, we're down in New Jersey, and today there's been 16 car accidents, more at nine. Like, I never had that. But a lot of people there were, like, the full, like, looked like Katie Couric off of a news show. Right. And I was coming in there with a suit and, like, cheetah top and, like, black pants and heels. Like, how y'all doing? Put me on TV. And they was like, <laughs> "Where do you, who are you? Um, and so I had sat down with a lady. She was super dope. Her name was Linda. She worked at CBS. 
radio and she was like look we don't have nothing yet but i like you i think you're dope i'm gonna keep your resume on file i'll call you when we have anything i'm like dope cool a few months passed by and that's when i moved to new york two weeks after i got my job to uh start uh uh, that i hated at that weird advertising agency i got a call from her and she's like hey i'm not sure if you're still looking for an opportunity but there is going to be an opening in the newsroom soon one of our uh desk associates just quit and i'm like okay yes anything god anything in the business please like take me out of this misery she's like well it's overnights if you can work it's five days a week um it's not full-time salary but you will be working eight hours you'll get major newsroom experience and you'll know this is for you and you know i was like yes 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 anything yes and so uh i took the job i believe it was like 28 an hour um and i was working 1 a.m to 9 a.m overnights in the newsroom and so those were the moments i never thought i would be able to do that Mm. i never thought i could be able to work 1 a.m to 9 a.m my whole schedule was thrown off like sleep pattern pattern, crazy and again no social life so it was like my friends i i mean we had all just like really settled into New York. I remember going out with Heather, our friend Heather, who's mm-hmm. been on the podcast before. And, you know, Sean go out till about 11, 30, 12. Child. So I would go out with them, hang out with them pregame, and then have to leave the club at 12, 15, so change to, to get to work by one. So I had no social life. Eventually, I just stopped trying to go out. And I worked there for um, six months. And my first day, I should have taken it as a sign from God, but we covered the Sandusky trial and the James Holmes shooting. And if you guys remember that, the Sandusky trial was Sandusky raping and molesting Mm -hmm. boys at Penn State. James Holmes had killed dozens of people in a movie theater. So they were the most, two of the most horrific national events that of our time. And so I should have taken that as a, this is probably not for you because you hate hard news because of how real it is, like traumatic Mm -hmm. and gross it is. And so, and how you can't just turn it off. Like, real people are dying or or, are affected by this. In entertainment news, you can pretty much turn it off unless, like, a Whitney Houston dies or something where it's, like, Michael Jackson. Like, something that's so big you can't ignore it. Uh, But this is every single day. Real people being affected. So, I was just so ready. I was like, let's do it. Whatever. I'm down. Like, I'm here. 1 a.m. 9 a.m. And I did. The big thing that taught me was that if I can do it if I put my mind to it I can do it and I started to like come up with visions and plans for myself um what I wanted to do where I wanted to be overnight in the newsroom it got quiet between like 2 to 3 a.m because most people didn't like news didn't start breaking until like 3 34 so I would stay up all night on tumblr and look for inspiring quotes and then I would write down the quotes and and create visions for myself and 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 figure out what I wanted to do what I really wanted to do and so uh Basically, my last draw was the Sandusky, uh, the uh, the Sandy Hook shooting, where all those kids uh, in Connecticut were killed yeah. by the kid who was mentally ill right yeah. before Christmas. And I remember watching the live stream of the parents telling their other children, like, "So little Bobby won't be coming home mm. because he got killed." Um, Christmas, we already brought his Christmas gifts, but you can open them because, like, those type of talks with mm. their kids. And I was just like sitting there in tears. And I remember looking and they were like, but how many kids were shot? And what's the updated number? And I was like, 14 now. And they're like, awesome. In 10 minutes, let us know the same number. And I'm just looking around at these people like no one is affected. And in the newsroom, you have to be desensitized to that. Right. And I'm not that. I am an empathetic person. I am a person who feels for other people. I'm a person who loves to to create, um, you know, comfortability for other people. So right. for like, 
to see people who kind of turn that part of themselves off, I was like, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends also got killed in a drive-by shooting four months after we all graduated. Um, she went to St. John's University. And she was killed, and that changed my life forever. Um, yeah. You don't ever get over losing somebody, but you really don't ever get over losing, losing somebody who's your age, who was doing the things you wanted to do, mm. who was, she was already like published in like Vibe Vixen at the time. Like she was already a writer, like she had already made the moves. And so when she was killed, her father brought us all up to Boston to kind of come to the funeral. And he was a pastor in Boston mm. and he prayed for all of us, prayed over all of us. And that was the day where I was like, I'm not, life is too short. I'm not living below anything anymore. I'm not going to mm. act like I don't know who I am. I'm not going to act like I don't know who God called me to be. And I'm not going to act afraid anymore. There is no fear because tomorrow I couldn't be here. I might not be here tomorrow. And that was a major switch for me. So I left CBS radio news and I went into ad, back into advertising but with a way better job, like a job that like was a great, you know, entry level salary. They gave me my own laptop. They gave us car service. You stayed after 9 p.m. Right. And it was on the same block as SOBs. So I did not return my CVS ID. I don't I don't <laughs> recommend you do it. But thank you to Miss Linda for not saying anything. I did not return my CVS ID because I knew it was going, you know, just be, be creative right. in my journalism uh my journalistic ex- it's called a hustle endeavors people. okay so i walked into sobs one like one like a few weeks after i started uh working there and i was like hey you know i'm uh, a freelance journalist with cbs entertainment mind you there was no cbs entertainment at the time. <laughs> and uh i just wanted to know like who to talk to about who to get on pre- how to get on the press list for the events you know sobs is Everybody goes through SOBs right. from Wale to like Bridget Kelly to like, Luke you know, Luke Jan- everybody, every up and comer and a lot of like legendary like rappers and singers will come back. Melanie Fiona, SWB, like they'll come back. So I was like, can I just be on the press list? Like, you know, I'll pitch these things to my 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 uh, editor and then we'll go from there. And the guy, his name is Andre Barnes. I'll never forget him. And he was looking at me like, you know, you know, good and damn well. You don't work at no damn CBS. <laughs> but he gave me a chance anyway. And he put me on the press list. And next thing you know, I started, like, creating um, relationships off of the context that he would give me or I would Google, you know, things like that. And uh, my first interview ever was with with Bridget Kelly, who was at the time signed to Rock Nation and, you know, on getting off her tour with Jay-Z and had her EP out, which I still love to this day. And she was so dope and so nice. And that was my first on-camera interview ever. My friend Kimmy C., uh, recorded it on her she had a can at the time she was still learning how to focus the child's all out of focus a lot of times but we got it and that's when i was like i can do, do this. this like this is a thing and so from there i started working with my own stuff and then i started working uh, with a blog called music exclusives and mm-hmm. they were they're like a they, they've been around for a long time they have a lot of really great connections within the business so we would get on red carpets and my first red carpet ever was the tlc story where you know, Kiki Palmer, Lil right. Mama, uh, Diana Ross was there for some reason. It was so random. They had the VH1 had that carpet down, okay. honey. Candy Burst was it was so dope. So that was my first ever red carpet. And I remember feeling on fire, like alive. Like my personality just was able, like I'm good on my feet. I'm able to make people feel comfortable. People loved my personality. And and then everyone around was like, Who is that? Who is that girl? Like, 
I never seen her before, but she's really good. Like, you're really good at this. I was confident. I was ready. I was happy to be there. And I was excited to be there. Even though I was at the end of the carpet, yeah. barely getting the interviews that I wanted, I was excited to be but there. But that also speaks to being in a place where you can, like, nourish your, yes. your, your plants, your roots. Where exactly. you can just, like, sprout up and be like, boom, here Exactly, exactly. You were at that, you know, overnight job at, at CBS. But, you know, it was a stepping stone right. for you to learn. But it was like my my leaves are withering here okay when you got on that red carpet yeah, it, was it was like, like oh here we go what's that this is time like camera action okay. okay okay and so from there we started covering a lot of different carpets um you know and then i got a job at this uh, entertainment site called n stars which i'm pretty sure might i mean don't sue me n star they uh, they may or may not be a front for something else. i don't know what it was child it was a mess child child but everybody had an entertainment okay okay so it was like a i mean i don't know if it was i'm not gonna say that it was but it was very weird sometimes i did go weeks without checks i will say that it ain't run like no regular business anyway <laughs> the big thing that helped me there was i was able to be the senior video editor and i was able to launch the youtube for them and utilize their resources mm. um to create uh spaces for us to be on red carpets to to do other things so from there i started covering bigger premieres like when orange is the new black came back and it was the biggest show ever um when uh tyler perry had his new movie with um boris kojo and and all well, that sex movie temptation yeah, temptation or addicted 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 oh that one yes mm -hmm. that one i don't even know if that was tyler perry i don't couldn't tell you but the addictive movie premiere was yes. a big one for me um so we started covering all these bigger movie premieres and started to build a name for myself on the red carpet. And so uh, from there, um, after N Stars, I started to network, you know, within my circle. And from right. there, um, a woman connected me with, uh, I think it was a woman that I might be related to, but I can't really, you know, she's like a distant cousin. She was lady. Yeah. <laughs> she hit me up and was like, hey, I know this incredible woman named Donnie Walton. She works at Essence, and they're looking for a junior editor to cover Essence Fest stuff. Are you available to meet with her? And I'm like, hell yeah. Am I available? Sign me up. <laughs> Am I available to meet with her? Is the sky blue? Yes. Put yes. So I meet with Donnie. We immediately hit it off. And Donnie's like, look, the position is only temporary. If you want to leave this job at NSTARS, you can. But I'm telling you now, like, you're here in January. It's probably going to end in August. It's up to you. And I'm like. Talk about risk. Right. right? I was like, okay, I know I don't like what I'm doing at NSTARS. I'll live. So at that time, I had also, like, seen Ebro a lot. One of the red carpets that I covered for music exclusives was when they did that VH1 show with Hot 97. This is Hot 97. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I met Ebro on a red carpet and he was just like, yo, tell he told Mona, like, she should be on TV. Like, that's in one of my first reels. And I'm like, what? You're so funny. And so we had seen each other. You know how you do the um industry. Let's do lunch. Yeah, let's do lunch. Yeah, next okay too. And so finally, a year after saying that, he's finally like, no, really, I need, we need to sit down and talk. And so Ebro took me to the Soho house and we talked, and he was like, I want you to run my site. I've seen the stuff you've been doing, doing on your own. You're dope, but I want you to run my site. And I was like, okay. And so that's when I started to do that. So next thing you know, I went from like working with NSTARS to having Ebro and then the Essence Fest. And months before all of that happened, I found out that the Wizards were looking for a co-host. And yes, so I'm that. like, oh, okay. I just sent in my reel from the stuff I had done with the N-Stars. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Like, they probably won't get back to me. 
I sent it in and maybe like two weeks later, I get a call from the front office like, hey, um, this is Gain Entertainment. We want you to come in and audition for us. And I'm like, okay. So I remember, my, mind you, my whole childhood, my parents had season tickets to the Wizards games. So like I grew up watching, I grew up watching Juan Dixon, Kwame Brown, on the Tyron Lue, like everybody, everybody, even JaVale McGee, Michael Jordan, like everybody come through the Wizards. And so I'm like, yo, this is crazy that I'm coming in right now because I remember watching Big Tigger and everybody down there and be like, yeah. I could do that. I could do that. That's easy. Like, why can't I be able to do that? And now here I am auditioning to actually do, do that. It. Like, you manifest the things that you want in your life, the things that you really, really want, the energy that you put out there, it matters. Right. So I am auditioning. Next thing you know, they call us back. There's five girls that um, get through the final process. And they're like, hey, um, we like you, um, so but we need to do a preseason audition. There'll be five girls, and we'll basically like have the city vote every week and see who wants to, whoever gets it, gets it. So basically through the five weeks, I'm in there, Wizards popping, whatever, whatever, doing preseason games. I wasn't nervous because preseason games, you know, a lot of people don't come. But I really wasn't nervous ever. I just, it felt yeah. right. And so. And the power of social media. Right yeah. And so I started the campaign on social mm-hmm. media. People were actually voting for me. Like, it was crazy. So basically that last week, um, you know, there was two of us. And they didn't let us know who, like, won the competition for weeks. So me and my mom are, like, getting together the apology, like, <laughs> to everybody. Like, thank you so much for voting for my daughter. But Unfortunately, way, she did not the way get it. God works okay. Unfortunately, uh, it has been six weeks since we has heard anything. And so I get a call. So I'm literally on my car on a carpet for the Power 1051 um powerhouse that they do. And I'm with music exclusives. So we're there, you know, Bobby Schmurda. Oh man, Damn. Bobby. Damn, Damn Bobby. Bobby. So Damn. Bobby on a carpet, like ah, 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 like doing his old like Bobby thing. Trey songs coming through looking fine. Like it was a lot. It was a good carpet. And so I remember having to step away from the carpet because I get a call. And it looked like the Wizards number. And they're like, hey, Gia, so sorry we put you through so much. Uh, but we want to offer you the job. You were voted in by the city, and our front office loves you, and we think you're great and think we'll do a great job here at the Wizards organization. The only thing you'll have to do is remove your bangs. And from it's up until that point, remember I used to wear bangs remove all the time? Bangs. Yeah. Yes, I had just got a fresh yes, sewing. Yes, like a, I always used to wear a bang because I was ashamed bang. of my forehead. I did not think my forehead. I thought it was too big. I thought like it just wasn't cute. And I was like, dang. I mean, that's I'm not about to tell you no. I just got a fresh weave. So if y'all willing to pay for my new weave, then yes. And they were like, we got that. And but how did you get comfortable with now changing your hairstyle, you know? Well, that's when I did the side swoop. Okay, decide. That's when I did it. So I was like, well, I can do swipe. I can do side. Like, they can't be mad at me if I do side. Mm-hmm. The problem was the bangs cut off your face on the Jumbotron. So Got you look it. like, hey, 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 guys. Nice to see you guys. Welcome to the, <laughs> you know? And they're like, I can't even see your eyes. So you're going to have to get rid of those. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not about to let no bangs stop me from okay. having a dream job. So I started doing that. And I was working all of those jobs at the same time. And so it got to be very crazy. I was working one job while I was on the train and then working both of the jobs and I'll be getting into the Wizards games. And the biggest thing that I asked for from God at that time, I was like, if this is something that you want from me, you're going to have to make it work. Like, because I don't know how I'm going to be living in New York, working at Essence, 
than working with Ebro and then working with the Wizards in DC. But if this is something you want from me, Jesus, then you have to work it out. And of course, my parents gave my parents are angels on earth. So they were like, at the time, the Wizards weren't ready to pay for all of our travel. Right. So at this point, I'm on a bus because I refuse to pay, take $300 Amtrak child every time. And so, mind you, have 60 home games during the season, 60 plus. So who's paying that much money? So I was on a boat bus child mm-hmm. half the time. And um, so what I would do is I work in the Essence offices from like 8 a.m. to 12, take my suitcase with me. Uh, at 12, go on over to uh, 34th Street, you know, to either Port Authority or not the Port Authority bus terminal, but like, you know, 34th and 11th right. where the buses pick up or Amtrak if I had extra money that week. And so um, for our bus ride, get into D.C., Union Station, like 4, 430, 415, take the amp, take the sub metro over to uh, Gallery Place, walk mm-hmm. up, get my little beat together, um, go to our production meeting at 530 from 530, like 610, do more makeup, hair, then have an energy drink, coffee, get ready to host until 930. Mom's outside with the car if she did not come to the game, drives us back to Maryland, Dad wakes me up at 425. We get on the tra- 525 train and I'm back in New York at 8 a.m. Like nothing ever happened. And so I'd been doing that for years. And um, that's when I knew I was like, I can hustle. Like, don't nobody really like you might be prettier <laughs> quotes than me. You might have a bigger booty than me. And qu- like you might have different things than me, but you're not going to outwork me. Right. And so that was when I was like. And it's also a thing like we come from the suburbs right. so like living in a city yes. grinding in yes. a city like new it's york a it's different a different thing. ball game and it's a different type of people don't realize like new york is never you're never alone in new york you're never really alone in Child. new york you like we're used to like being able to like if we had a hard day crying your car on the like on, on the, the way, way home. home and have space nope nope here if you gotta cry you better cry on the subway and you better get your little tissue out so nobody really sees you here you can't scream really you can't scream nope because people think you're crazy and then try to commit you. At home, you could go in your room and be like, ah, and be yeah. fine and just need to get it out. So here, it's a whole different like ball game that you have to like internally put yourself in a different space. And so, um, you know, from there, I did all of that. Then Essence ended because it was only like an eight-month gig at the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started to like try and do different things like on air talent things and then I finally got the call from BT.com that they were looking for talent to do BT breaks um, and so I started working with the team and it was very new then and there were a lot of different things that ha- would happen there um, and then so I started working there and so pretty much since then I've been on a consistent grind to just keep all relationships open um, and just kind of keep those spaces to myself to to open for myself to always like have those relationships to where if I need income or something like that that's where it goes now that you have said like you know what i'm not sure like i was aligned in the past few whatever months yeah yeah, or so. yeah where do you envision yourself um maybe it's this year or maybe it's who knows mm-hmm. how many years but where do you envision yourself as far as where you want your career to go mm-hmm. um and what is going to fulfill you and make you happy yeah Excuse me, y'all. We like, ooh. Y'all, y'all we, we getting late, tired we out here. It's a struggle. It's been a long day, but it's a good Gee, day. We're working today. We're here. Thank you, Jesus, for jobs. And so um, the biggest thing that I want for myself this year or the top of next year is to be a 
correspondent or a reoccurring personality on a major national mainstream network television show. So whether that's an Access Hollywood or an E or an Entertainment Tonight extra, anything like that where I can become a talent and a Mm -hmm. face and a brand that people know, trust, and rely on to deliver great stories, great content that's compelling, that's what I want for myself. Um, And I also want to start creating content that speaks for my brand and that people will actually love and like and relate to and support, whether I'm working with somebody or not. Um, So that is... That issue's like kind of the Cuba content that you Right, 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 right. That is like, you know, my blog that is... Um, I want to start doing some e-guides where people can always like when people ask me for advice, like here are the top 10 things you need to know before you get into want to know what it needs to be an entertainment journalist. Here you go. It's on PayPal for $25.99. Says, go, you know what I'm saying? Download it. Bless God. And so, um, you know, an, e- an e-course on what the things they don't tell you in school about being an entertainment journalist, right. you know? So um, freelancing, like those helps. Uh, and then I have a lot of different things that are in the works. Um, for me, it's producing content with people I believe in and people that believe in me um, and creating spaces that are safe for black women of, uh, or women of color to feel creative and loved and wanted, but also inspired. I think there isn't enough light in this world. Like we really magnify and, and, and create more places where petty is popular than it is to be a light and so i'm like i want to surround myself with people who want to be light and Mm -hmm. if they don't want to be light and they can be human but at the end of the day they want to share goodness they want to infuse some type of betterness into the world because we live in an era of donald trump there is enough negativity every time you turn on the tv is something else that he's trying to change and take away from people and it's like what can we give to people in my power that God has given me? What can I do? Um, and so that's what one of the things, you know, a few of the things that I want to do. Of course, get, getting back into singing, acting, and dancing is on my table. So I can, like, really, like, use all the gifts that God gave me. You know, it ain't no accident that I can do all that. So definitely doing that. And then joining SAG after for me is a big thing. So okay. figuring out how to pay them dues because they're expensive. Um, so yes. So, you know, I'm figuring that out, but every single day is a new opportunity to learn for me. So now Mm. I'm in this place where I'm like, I know nothing, you know, like the things I know are great, but like in order to get to the next level, I have to put myself in places that I don't know. And I have to really, really be able to learn what God is trying to show me. Are you open to going to, as they say, the West coast is the best coast. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I'm the type of person that's like, yeah, I, I'm. I don't got no kids here. I don't got no man here, child. Girl, my mom is never gonna be like, "Oh my God, please don't go." She gonna be like, "How much I gotta put down for a flight?" Because you gotta come home, and yeah. I don't got time for that. So you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the biggest thing. I feel like people don't realize. It's like we have this mindset that's like, "Oh, I ain't got a man yet. I ain't got kids yet." Like, look at that. Some of those things are a blessing. Okay, like but you they're... can move a certain mo- way now that you don't have that. Okay, because right? I Cause know my comes, man is coming. Cause when he comes, I gotta I gotta prioritize you wanna, him. You, gotta, you know, you want to pour into him. You want him to pour into you. So right now, keep pouring into yourself. Okay, and he's going to very much like be a person that I want to be around. Yes. So I gotta I gotta grind now. Um, and taking care of myself mm. mentally, mm. physically, like staying in the gym and is you be working hard. out though. I do, you but like I haven't. Been, like, but when travel gets crazy, I let it go to the wayside. So I need to learn how to like have like 20 minute workouts that I can do in a hotel room if I'm not in right. in by a gym or like you know bringing workout stuff with me so I can do them in a hotel right. as opposed to not 
being at the gym, walking to blink or whatever. Right. So um, those are the things. And then taking care of, like, my hair. I really want my hair to grow. I really want to start wearing my natural hair, child. Like, I, I think I got very stressed this year, and and my iron levels have been low. So when your mm-hmm. iron levels are low, the back, the of, back your of your hair, hair stops hair growing. Yes. So, like, I've noticed that the back of my hair is thinner. So I'm like, okay, I need to get my iron levels. I need to get more vitamin D. I need to start spending time with God. And I love nature, not, like, hiking. But, I, I mean, I've never tried it. Just but, green, like, just to sit outside, like, by water is my favorite thing. So, like. Just going by water and like doing what I want to do. Yeah, being very in tune with what makes me happy and following that, um, and stop worrying about what people think so much. Like yes. you know what I'm saying? Self doubt is what stops creatives a lot. I think like, you know, every time I put out something, I have to shut down my Instagram immediately because I can't see it. Like I'm right. like, oh my god, because I'll think about it too much. I'll think about like if people don't like it, should I delete it? Oh my god, right. people hate it. Oh my god, people hate it. So. Right. Put it out there, Put it out close, there the close it, and leave it. Yeah. And come back later when you're a little bit more stable. Yeah. Because it's okay to be nervous, but don't give in to the nerves or the fear. Um, so, yeah, those are the things I want for myself. And, of course, I want to, you know, find a man that loves me and that I can love. I want to cultivate more relationships that are going to help me grow, and I want to keep the relationships I have mm-hmm. and love the hell out of the people that love me because this life is short. It's Tough. very short. Do you find that being in this industry where – uh, you're working nonstop. That is hard to meet potential future mates. Girl, you know? and how do you yes, everybody thinks I have a man somewhere stashed away, or they think I'm intimidating, or they think that I am. I've got my shit together, so they can't level up with me, or they think that I would never give them the time of day. There's just all these reasons that I've heard from my guy friends, and I'd be like. What in the hell? I'm literally the most approachable person in America. Like, I will talk to a crazy person as long as they ain't trying to harm harm me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what up, sis? You okay? All right. Have a good one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can talk. Um, So it has been hard. And it's even worse because I do work in a lot of industries with a lot of men. So a lot of times I'm with men. And so people assume that I'm dating. If I hear another person ask me if I'm dating somebody in that I've worked with or in the NBA. No, no. Right. I do not date. I do not. What is it? Shit where I eat. Like I do Shit where you lay. Yes. Shit where mm-hmm. I lay. And like, no, I can't do that. Absolutely not. Like, but it takes a secure man to date a woman like you. And that secure man, man. I don't know. I it don't ain't know about many men that are secure enough I to do that. Because at least at not, not at 27. Um, and maybe I knew, I do need to start dating older, but I think, um, me also not being like, like say I have to be in DC twice a week. Like, is that something that you can be okay with the next week? I might not be here for four days. Cause I got to go to LA and then I got to Miami. Are you okay with that? Like, so for me, I think it might be, you know, partly because I do travel so much yeah. and men don't know what my schedule is going to be. And men never feel like they can fit into my life, but just notice my future man. Because we going to get down okay. to it. Okay. In Jesus' name, you and I will be a team. In my, in a perfect world, I will support you just as much as you support me. So even if I'm not there, I'm going to find a way to FaceTime in. I'm going to find a way to talk to you all day, every day, if I need to talk to you all day, every day. if you Whatever you need, I am willing to give as long as you are worth me giving that. Like, as long as we know what this is. Because the last thing I want to do ever again is give so much to somebody and then find out that they never even like we're trying to receive it child don't let me give to you 
and then you wasn't even trying to receive it because mm-hmm. now we got problems. So now I'm giving shit out for free, and you never that even, I could have kept like, close to my breast. Yes, okay? like you literally didn't even deserve it. Thank you. And so you know, I am very open to dating and very open to getting to know somebody who's a a good real person, like a good person with a kind heart and a big heart and a beautiful personality who loves their family and loves God and loves themselves a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And is, if they're not complete, which none of us are working to complete themselves and fix the things in their lives that might hinder them from having a great relationship with somebody. Um, so, and who's someone who's ambitious, you know, like that, that matters to me. Okay. So, you know, like we ain't having no Lauren situations, no shade, but you know, insecure. We ain't ain't, (laughs) on nobody's couch. (laughs) For no, for no three, years. four years. Like, right. Uh-huh. But I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, I just want something real. Like, I want something lasting. My parents are still together. They've been together since I was, before I was born, obviously. But, like, they've been married for almost 30 years now. Mm-hmm. So that's my big thing. Like, I, once we in it, let's stay in it. Right. So then I guess my question is, do you feel like, or do you feel like once you reach your level of success mm-hmm. that you define for yourself, mm-hmm. Are you afraid that it's not going to be everything that you envisioned it to be? Mm. I mean, one of the biggest things I have learned, one of the biggest things I have learned from being in this industry is that nothing ever looks how it, nothing ever feels how as good as it looks. Like, yes, I remember interviewing Taraji in the height of her cookie era Mm -hmm. like when cookie first came out and it was on every mainstream media thing that empire was breaking records and they were the number one show in decades and since there hadn't been a leading role like cookie in forever they'd never seen a black mom like that on tv and i remember interviewing taraji through the years uh, or just seeing her through the years and seeing how humble she was and how much she wanted to be there and then seeing that cookie kind of took away her life initially like Mm. it took away her ability to be a human being people weren't addressing her as taraji they They were calling her cookie girl i love you it was overwhelming for her it was a lot for her and i remember seeing her and wanting so much to connect with her but she had no energy left to give and so what success looks like for me is yeah, there are things, there are benchmarkers. Like, I would love to be an EGOT. I would love to be able to go to different places and give my family things that, you know, uh, like paying bills and houses and cars and mortgages and, and sending them on uh, two-week trips to big right. Jamaica on me. Like, you know, like things like that. But I also know that every new level of success will have a new devil. So at the end of the day, like, I'm taking my time. Because if God wanted me to have it, I would have it if I was ready for it. So I'm taking my time, you know. I'm not. Take your time. Because, you know, life is short, but there is a, a way not to rush through it. So right. you, know, you got to find that balance. Yeah, I think for me, I was even thinking, like, I spent the majority of my teens and 20s, I'm going to say teens, like, <laughs> but my teens and 20s pouring energy into the significant other, right. right? And I'm like, what do I have to show for that? Right. I'm 28. Right. I'm Literally. looking back like, girl, you ain't got nothing <laughs> to show for this. You didn't put all this energy, this time into like dudes. into these relate these relationships to these individuals. You know, trying to cultivate something that honestly, you know, you just needed in yourself. Mm. And I think that 
you know, when I looked at like, where is the root of the issue? And it's not like a problem, but it's more so like, honestly, I was seeking these things of you thinking that you could give me something that I already had in myself. Come on now. But I had to go through these experiences to know, like, okay, it's only so many times you're going to keep repeating the same insanity, mm. okay, before, before you realize, like, there's only, you got to go up, you got to go up to God and have a conversation, or you got to sit and have a conversation with yourself. And I think it's hard, like you said, in New York, when you're never alone, to really be alone with yourself and say, okay, what is going on? Right. What is it that you need? Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking to yourself and being with yourself. Nobody really wants to be with themselves right. in this lonely ass city. Like, right. this city is lonely as shit. Yes. And nobody's trying to be, we all like, okay, girl, you want to go to brunch? Right. Get right. Up, please like, get up. Please leave the house. Have y'all with something. Nobody actually wants to just like sit and be right. by themselves. Right. You get antsy because there's so much happening all the time. Yeah. But like you said, when you, once you, you're focused on just yourself. What does self-care look like to you? What does mm-hmm. investing in the being the best version of yourself look like to you? Yeah. Does it mean I got to go to the water once a week because I got to get yeah. my, look, I got to refuel myself, right, replenish right, myself, right. whatever the case may be. Like, once you do those things, it's like when you see somebody trying to creep up, it's like, nah, boo, I'm good because right. you ain't about that life. Right. You You're ain't not, about But you know the ones that will be about that life. Right, it, right. You'll start to decipher those exactly future husband come correct don't come at all okay please don't please like i'm i'm all right (laughs) you know what i'm saying um but yeah i definitely you know am a big believer in timing Mm -hmm. because you know i i thought i found a dude that was about that life wasn't the right time for it and so it ended up being a wake-up call for me because i was very like unfocused during that whole time and I felt bad because like he didn't even get the real me like he got the like lovey-dovey kind of lazy version of me and I'm like dang you probably you really don't even know like this is not really me like but I just really like liked you you know I was right. just trying to be around like I don't know me here. right but no it was I, I definitely now know like to take my time and then to also be exactly who I am like don't right. change you know, my one of my mentors and my big sisters, like Demetria Lucas, she told me, like, yo, you are never too much for somebody. I like, agree. People, the man, the right man for you will think you're more than enough for him. So don't try to wither yourself down and dumb yourself down for anybody. Because guess what? The right people are going to like you. And they're going to love that you're authentic to yourself. And then they're going to want to be bigger in their own spaces and take up more space on their own. So yeah. stop doing that. And I was like, you're right. Because I kept saying, like, maybe I was just too much for him. And she was like, nope. What do you mean? He wasn't you know, enough for, for you. you. Like, and that's that. the reality. So to close out the episode, I want to ask you, what are three things that you value that have propelled you to overcome your fear mm-hmm. up until this point? God, the Lord, uh, whatever you want to call it, the higher power, the source energy, whatever you believe, the universe. There is a very real power and presence in all of our lives, and it's a it's a guiding force. It's a, it's a spirit. It's something that is in you even when you don't want it to be in you. Um, that is there to help you. And the more that you, like, give into that, the more that you pull out of that space, mm-hmm. the more that you'll be able to kind of see where you're supposed to go. Um, and the more you follow that that calling on your life, you'll be good. And I know that sounds cliche, but the, 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 the closer you get to God, the closer he comes to you. So I would definitely Preach. say always stay connected to the source, the power, the energy that makes you the most happy, like the most appreciative the most grateful um so for me it would be god 
my all, everything. Um, my family is everything. They are the light, the sun, the moon, the stars. They're the tangible evidence that God exists. They are like my core for everything. Mm-hmm. And there isn't a, we have a group chat that I value more than any other group chat in my phone. Sorry, friends. I love y'all. <laughs> but like my family group chat is everything for me. And so, you know, those are the people that I am responsible for making their lives better. Um, and then, of course, my friends are, are in that space, too. Like, right. if we're friends and we can't, like, build each other up and love each other and help each other be better, people really, really don't need to call each other friends. We as we associates, we cool. That's the homie, but, like, you ain't my, right. my friend. So, I, you know, I definitely think that is a big thing. And then what was the question that you said? Three things that I... That you value that have helped propel you over your fear up oh, until this point. The little girl, me, the young... 12 year old me that would stay up all night singing in my mirror to Beyonce to Destiny's Child songs and believing that I deserve to be on a stage in front of thousands of people the little girl who dreams so much and so big that she really 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 thought that I could do anything like there my room was a stage more than it was not and so the little girl who wanted to be a big, huge star inside of me still is there. Mm-hmm. And so she is the driving force. I don't want to disappoint myself. I'm the only person that can change my life for the better. Yeah. So she is very much a driving force. That little girl, not disappointing her. And not and in turn, that's why I'm so passionate about helping young girls see their own potential. Because had I just tapped into my own potential despite what everybody else was saying, I probably would have been famous by now and singing and popping with like Rihanna in them. So, you mm. know, mm. um, I definitely say for the little girl who still lives inside of me to make her proud in all things. Amen. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I usually like to close off the episode with a quote that speaks to the person's fear. Um, or just overcoming it. Mm-hmm. And so the quote that I have is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decided to be. Come on now. That's a good quote. Oh, I like that quote. Yes. I ain't to take that to me. And go. on that note, thank you so much, Gia, for joining me. I know you're busy, but no, girl, I, I love you. And I'm so proud of your podcast. And I think what you're doing is very important. Thank you so much. And, you know, I got to support my home girl. Yes, Literally. Yes. Shout out to anybody from the DMV that be listening. Okay. You can do anything. DMV taking over. DMV taking over. So with that being said, I hope everybody has a fearless Friday. Continue to spread love, light, and many of blessings. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we out. Bye.